Private aircraft are a favorite way to move illegal drugs and laundered money. For that reason alone, the FAA needs to tighten its registration procedures for aircraft, like verifying registrants are who they say they are. That's among the findings of a recent examination by the Government Accountability Office. Here with more, the GAO's Director of Forensic Audits, Rebecca Shea. Ms. Shea, good to have you on. Thanks for having me. Now, in this report, what were you generally trying to find out here? Because there's so many aircraft, and I presume they're all safely registered with the FAA. (laughs) Right. There were a lot of things we were looking at in this report. Two primary things. Uh, Stephen Lynch and uh, Peter King, the representatives, asked us to do this work. They were interested in national security risks associated with the registry and how bad actors might defraud or abuse registration requirements, for example, by using opaque ownership structures like anonymous shell companies to register aircraft in the U.S. And also, as part of the broader context for the work, the Fraud Reduction and Data Analytics Act required agencies to manage fraud risks in their programs. So we took a very comprehensive look at FAA's actions to prevent, detect, and respond to fraud and abuse risks. And as part of that review, we describe how those fraud and abuse risks further enable criminal safety and national security risks. Yeah, and so what did you find, that they just don't verify information they should? Well, they, we, we found a lot of things related to prevent, detect, and respond, but maybe like a 30,000-foot flyby on what the registry covers to, to give a little bit of context. Uh, we had a lot of fun with the aviation pun, so I'll continue them uh, as long as I can. When you register an aircraft with the FAA, you get what's called an N number. It's that identifier that you see on the tail of an airplane in the U.S., and that generally has a, a leading N to get, as a Nancy to indicate its U.S. registration. And there are about 300,000 private and business aircraft registered, and that's everything from, you know, individual aircraft enthusiasts who have registered their aircraft to commercial airlines. So there can be um, individuals and entities that have registered, and the basic eligibility requirements generally relate to U.S. citizenship and permanent legal residence. But you can also meet that through being a corporation or other legal structures such as uh, a trust. Most of the folks that are registered with FAA are individual owners, but there are also a, a good number, 20% are corporations and, and LLCs and then other sure. types of uh, partnerships and non-citizen corporations. And what we found is that to register an aircraft, the owner submits a $5 application fee, a completed application form, and documentation of ownership like a bill of sale. That's if they're an, an individual owner. And if they're registering as a business entity or trust, there are a couple of other documents they need to submit, like articles of incorporation or the trust agreement, which FAA files away in a paper or PDF format. And then applicants self-certify to the accuracy of that information they provide, and FAA accepts that at face value. It doesn't verify key information like identity, ownership, and address information. And we go through a a variety of case studies to highlight the risks that are associated with uh, various aspects of that, uh, like not verifying applicant information. Well, let's back up a minute. You said self-certify, and therefore... Does the FAA, I guess, have the means to otherwise certify other than having the applicants self-certify? 
Well, there are a number of things that they could do to check for the accuracy of applicants' information, like uh, check driver's license information, look at other databases. And uh, there are a variety of recommendations that we make along those lines. And, you know, I can I can talk to you about some of the case examples that highlight some of these risks and some of the resulting frauds that came out of that. Yeah, some fun um, cases might and, be good to discuss. Let me just remind yeah. people. <laughs> Let me just remind people who we're speaking to, this is Rebecca Shea. She is GAO's Director of Forensic Audits. And I guess maybe some of the case histories have to do with multiple people that own and they put one name forward to hide the rest. They can do that. There are also individuals who defraud the registry for personal gain. There's one case that we highlight that's a multi-million dollar bank fraud scheme that involves an aircraft broker who forged signatures on bills of sale to register 22 aircraft in his name. And FAA accepted all of the cell certifications as factually valid, and then the broker used those registration certificates from FAA that, uh, as evidence of assets to support $3 million in bank loans for his failing business. And it was, it was not FAA that uncovered the fraud, it was the bank, and it was about a year after the broker first submitted the fraudulent documents. Yeah, so the implication and, um, there is you know, the FAA is seeing someone register 22 planes. That's like a tiny airline. And nobody thought, how does this guy have 22 planes? Uh, right. And this person was a broker, but uh, he had forged signatures on the documents. Um, and there was no verification process to check that those sales had actually been legitimate. Again, it's a sort of a, a accept as long as the documents are complete, stamp and, and move it on. And uh, one, one important thing from this case, why we highlight this, is that as a result of the fraud, some of the rightful owners of the aircraft had trouble reinstating the registrations in their name. One owner couldn't fly his aircraft for two years because the registration was in the name of the fraudster, and then another one um, had to uh, spend a couple thousand dollars in legal fees to get the aircraft registered back in his name. So the verification, it doesn't just help the banks and the regulator. It's also important for the aircraft owners and registry users. I mean, what you're saying basically is that the registration procedures can be used to steal somebody's airplane almost. That's what happened in that case. Yes. Yeah. Any other good He didn't actually one. have physical possession. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So a couple of more juicy ones. So we also highlight the broader criminal risks that are associated with the registry fraud, in particular, the use of nominees. These are like sham owners to register aircraft on behalf of an ineligible owner. And in the case that we highlight, the ineligible owner was a foreign national with links to the Sinaloa cartel. And they had used illicit funds to purchase an aircraft in the U.S., and they wanted to register it in the U.S. But in order to do that, he worked with a U.S. corporation, this is the nominee, who filed the registration documents and, and represented itself as the aircraft owner to conceal that ineligible foreign owner with the ties to the cartel. And again, FAA accepted the registration at face value, and it was the law enforcement agency that was aware of the scheme and then seized the aircraft. And, you know, your question earlier about how would FAA have known about this or what could they do, that nominee corporation that was involved in this scheme had previously been involved in similar schemes with aircraft purchases and registrations associated with drug trafficking. So if FAA had a process or a system even just for checking uh, the information on past registrations, it could have easily flagged this as part of that check. Yeah, so there are a lot of moving parts to all this process, and it sounds like there's needs to be more of an interagency type of verification. What were your major recommendations here? Right. We made uh, 15 recommendations around ways FAA could better prevent, detect, and respond to the fraud and abuse risks. 
and they relate to collection and verification of information. Right now, FAA does not collect significant PII, the personally identifiable information on applicants that would enable them to do some of these checks. And then, um, as I mentioned, through some of those case examples, they don't verify the information. They also don't store that information in an analyzable format and use it to do some analysis and detect indicators of fraud or abuse. Um, a lot of the documents that they collect, if they do collect them on the trusts and other agreements, they store them in PDF or paper format, so it makes it very difficult to be able to analyze them or look through them for anomalies or issues. So we made recommendations along those lines to uh, better store and analyze information. And then also to establish more formal mechanisms for sharing information with law enforcement organizations to be able to respond to those fraud and other risks. FAA agreed with all 15 and noted some of the efforts they have underway to incorporate the solutions for the many of the wrecks that we've we've made as part of their IT modernization effort. And were there, by the way, any issues connected with commercial aircraft registrations? No, the um, the focus of most of our cases and the information that we reviewed in the registry data related to more on the lines of opaque ownership structures like shell companies, the non-citizen trusts, and the commercial airlines, they're publicly traded, and so there's a lot more information about them that's out there. So that information is less opaque. Um, sure. We also talk about uh, yeah the risks uh, and a case study related to opaque ownership structures and how that poses problems. I could talk about that case if you're interested. Well, let's uh, have the fast version. Okay. The fast version is that we identified a case where a, a high net worth foreign national used shell companies, an intermediary, and a non-citizen trust to register as aircraft in 2010. And then when we reviewed the registration and trust agreement for that, we identified you know, the, the trustor, the presumable aircraft owner, as a company that was established in the British Virgin Islands, had an address with a post office box in Switzerland, an email address indicating another trust company, and then there were two trustors identified as directors of another apparent intermediary company, but the signatures were not legible. And then flash forward to 2019, that foreign national and the true owner of the aircraft, who was not evident in any way from the documents submitted to FAA, consented to a forfeiture of that aircraft and over a billion dollars in other assets as part of an agreement with DOJ. So the lack of transparency um, is not just a problem for FAA in ensuring registrant eligibility. It also creates challenges for safety and law enforcement who need to you know, have information about that. And it's difficult for them to dig through the paper documents to be able to, to identify you know, true and beneficial owners. All right. Sounds like FAA has a job to do. Indeed. Rebecca Shea is Director of Forensic Audits at the Government Accountability Office. Thanks so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. We'll post this interview along with a link to her report at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive on demand. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. Stay up to date on your agency's latest responses to coronavirus. Visit our special resources page at federalnewsnetwork.com. Pop quiz. What can you buy for three ninety nine? Not a latte, but for less than the cost of a cup of coffee, you can get all your favorite music ad free. While other streaming services jack up their prices, Live One's membership is only $3.99 per month, and you can lock in that price for a full year. Join now to get the best deal in music with zero ads, unlimited skips, and maximum audio quality. Get the music you love at a price that fits into your budget with Live One Plus. Check out liveone.com slash best music for details. 
cough and cold season is here. Introducing Ricola Max Throat Care, Ricola's most powerful drop yet. It's the best of Swiss nature wrapped around a powerful liquid menthol center for maximum relief from your worst cough and sore throat. Maximum nature for maximum relief. Try the new Ricola Max now, available in the cold and cough aisle. Ricola. It's in our nature.